Welcome to the best is net to come. This is a right after post game reaction pod from Michael Rubenstein and myself, Josh Spielman. We are uh, we are just moments from the Nets' incredible, incredible comeback win against the Bucks. And honestly, I don't even know if I feel good saying it was a Nets comeback because truly, most of the Nets had pretty awful games, other than. Jeff Green, who hit most of his threes, I think he was seven, seven for eight yeah. uh, from three, and a couple stops on defense. This was all Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant scores 49 points for the Nets, and they win 114-108 in a pivotal game five. Mike, how much – because we were talking all game. How much of this game were you just thinking it was over and the Bucks were going to walk away with it easily? Well, uh, as you know, I texted you that I didn't want to do the podcast. Yeah, I didn't want to just, do this. I was like, mis- I was absolutely miserable. Like, I, I thought James Harden would come back and m- either re-injure himself or be good. I didn't think he would be, like, healthy and bad. Like, that didn't compute to me at all. So the whole first half, I was just absolutely miserable. He couldn't do anything. Everyone looked rushed. Shamit hit, like, way over the rim on one of his shots. Joe Harris missed all of his shots. He airballed the... Yeah, he to, airballed, like, like close one of his out last shots. Yeah, yeah, oh my um, god, he was horrific all game. So, so it was one of these games where I was just like, okay, our season's over, it's been fun. Uh, obviously, there's still game six, but like in Milwaukee after losing at home, like no, no chance. So I was already coming to terms with just the collapse of what could have been. And, and then Kevin Durant just uh, said, hang on, like... It was some incredible. of those threes, some of those threes he hit from the middle of like nowhere being double teamed, just throwing it. It looked like he just threw it up over. And it was kind of the same three he hit to what could have been a game winner in game three. If you remember that they ended up losing that game. He he hit some crazy dagger threes at the end of the game that just didn't seem possible. And he was getting to the hoop and everything. And. I, I'm just, I'm still like uh, at a loss for words for what we just witnessed with Kevin Durant. Probably one of the most impressive playoff performances in in league history. Definitely in right. Nets history, so, but in in league history. Yeah. So Rick was very quick to say Rick, who I didn't know was following along with us. Yeah, the night he was just silent. Uh, when it was over, he goes, you know, best performance in Nets history, and obviously we're like, yeah, because the Nets don't have much playoff history to compare to. I'm thinking this is up there with all-time NBA. Um, I know LeBron James's game one loss with the whole J.R. Smith incident. Yeah. A lot of people regard that as one of the best of all time. In my recent memory, I put that and and this tonight with Durant. Like those are top two in my head. That you know a player just willed the rest of his team. Uh, obviously, LeBron came up just short. Not his fault. His teammates let him down. Uh, tonight, Durant got the win. So I can't think of any other playoff performances by an individual. Like, we've seen dominant team performances in big moments, but by an individual, with the the jump shots he was hitting, the situation surrounding him, uh, it's like I'm, I'm at a loss for words because <laughs> it was like yeah. truly like you're playing a video game and you get the on fire, so the next shot just automatically goes in. That's what it felt like. Right. It really did. It was crazy. And... He played 48 minutes. Yeah. Every sing- he did not sit a single second in this game, which obviously they needed, but is a little concerning considering they do need to play. They need, they need at least one more win to go to the next round. 
and they have to play in two days. In 48 hours, they have to be in Milwaukee playing hard. Also, James Harden played 46 minutes on a potentially still, like, fucked up hamstring. The drama leading up to this game was that Harden was listed out yesterday. Then we wake up this morning, and just to like tease us, they list him as doubtful because he's talking about how he wants to play so bad. He really wants to get out there. He's going to get some reps. They're going to check him, see if he can do it. Then he goes from doubtful to questionable. Then he's he's doing his reps right before the game, and then all of a sudden, boom, he's he's in the starting lineup. And it goes from being like, oh, they're going to lose this game to, hey, I don't know. I don't know what with James, like they have a shot. But then at the same time, we've seen recently what happens when star players rush back. Like Anthony Davis rushed back from injury two weeks ago to try to beat the Suns in game six. He goes out in the first like four minutes of that game. So, yeah, like you were saying in the text thread, Mike, there was a lot of nervousness, a lot of anxiety in the audience and obviously for us as well watching knowing what Harden must have been going through in, in, during this game. But the fact, I mean, yeah, he didn't have a good game. He shot it poorly. He was really rusty. He turned the ball over a lot. He hasn't played in a while. And also, I'm a little more confident in him now that he was able to play 46 minutes. I mean, I'm, I hope we don't hear anything about him tomorrow being like, oh, he re-aggravated something and he was just being a trooper. But I think he's going to be out there again on Thursday. Do you? I wouldn't be surprised if he sits because of soreness, not necessarily because of re-aggravating, but maybe they just kind of like want to save him for the potential game seven. Because uh, playing 46 minutes on no injuries, like you're going to wake up the next day pretty sore. So that quick of a turnaround, I could see them just holding him out. Be like, look, it's not an elimination game. If we lose, you know, that sucks. But like, at least we have a chance to go back home. Where if he plays game six and then gets hurt and they lose, now they're in real trouble. So yeah. I can see why he played tonight because it wasn't an, elim- wasn't an elimination game. But it kind of felt like one. Oh, it like, totally did. If it they totally lost did. tonight, the odds of going to Milwaukee and winning. So just I think he willed himself through it. I think he'll be sore. So I actually personally would like to see him sit. I would like to see Durant play like 30 minutes game six. Unless they get out to a hot start and like, hey, let's close this out. I don't think that's going to happen in Milwaukee. So I think if they fall behind by like 10 or 15 yeah if, if they're losing by 10 points with only like seven minutes left like sit them sure but like if it's within five or whatever well, going I into actually, the fourth so i would make that call earlier if you're in the fourth quarter and it's that close like throw them out there maybe it'll hit some jump shots but i think if it's like 15 in the second quarter ish then you can kind of get the gist and be like you know what maybe it's not worth it to go for this tonight uh in the second playing. quarter yeah because like when you're on the road, especially in that kind yeah. of situation. I know what you're saying, yeah. It's going to take so much more effort to come back into that, uh, mm-hmm. playing against the crowd. So I'd rather, I mean, I'm obviously not the coach. I don't know Kevin Durant's body. But, like, my gut tells me, hey, let's not go for it all uh, if it doesn't look good in game six. I'd rather come home to Brooklyn uh, and just have a full-strength Kevin Durant. Yeah, you're right. I mean, we need him to win. At least one of these games. Obviously, probably feeling more confident in their game seven simply because they, they really put up offensive duds. Up until this last quarter and a half of this game, the last seven, six and a half quarters of basketball they played. No, no, no. The last – what is the math there? 11 quarters that they played? 
yeah. before this last quarter, their offense was just hurt, atrocious. It really was on the back of Kevin Durant that they were able to score over 100 points this game. They scored 114. I'll, I'm just going to go quickly through uh, the other um, oh, stat yeah. lines from tonight. So Joe Harris, 37 minutes on the court, five points. Blake Griffin had 17. He actually shot pretty well. James Harden, again, like we said, five points. Bruce Brown, seemingly unplayable. I don't know what happened since I game three. I know. What I mean, happened. I do know what happened. Brooke, Brooke Lopez happened. But, like, I don't know. Bruce can't shoot the ball. Yeah. And he's always wide open at the top. They just leave him there. He just sits there waiting for someone to get open. So he's unplayable. Jeff Green st- like really stepped up. 27 points tonight. And Shaman had nine. Everyone else did nothing. Claxton, nothing. Mike James, nothing. Yep. So. <sighs> I got to start with Joe Harris, uh, who's your current background on Skype. <laughs> yeah, I fucking, I got to like, fucking punch this guy. I've been saying all here. season, whether it's to you guys on the pod or if it's outside of the pod in our group text, sometimes I'll just be talking with like John and Joe Harris. I, I've just been waiting for this. Like he's going to go cold at the wrong moment. I've been so worried because we saw it against the Sixers two playoffs ago. They didn't really have a good chance of winning that series anyway. But like Joe Harris really sucked that series. So like and you've been saying when they play good opponents, he struggles. He doesn't do yeah. well against good defenses. And, like, he hasn't proved to be a pressure performer like Shamit has. Shamit, I actually saw a tweet during the game. When he was on the Clippers, he showed up in big moments. Uh, I think he was on the Sixers in a playoff yes, series. Yes, he was. So, like, no, Shamit. Maybe the year before. Yeah. Uh, okay. But Shamit's got some, like, you know, big moment experience. And Joe Harris, to this point, is um, proving my fears correct. And I hope, I don't know what it's going to take if someone just, like, Injects him with some kind of confidence drug. I don't know, but yeah, Sh- Shamit today is the is the, goes up for that like really like tough curl layup that yeah. puts the Nets up four. Yeah, and, and he hit free throws and, at the end too. And he hit free throws at the end. So yeah, he was very clutch. I there is no one less clutch than Joe Harris. Joe Harris is the antithesis of Damian Lillard. He is yeah. so unclutch and it's horrific. I can't believe it and. You know, he's always so even keel with his, like, reactions post-game, whether he, like, shoots really well or shoots really bad. I kind of want him to be really mad at himself because yeah. if he's not, like, if his blood's not boiling after how poorly he's played over the past three games, why even play in game six? Because you're, you're just – you're terrible on defense. You've always been terrible on defense, and now you're not hitting your threes. And you can't even catch rebounds. You're letting rebounds slip out of your hands. That was so bad. That was the worst moment for yeah. that. He, like, the ball, like, comes right to him, and he, like, fucking just tips it up to, like, I forget who, P.J. Tucker. Tucker. Yeah. And, yeah, and they got, like, an easy Giannis dunk on that one. There are so many things that the Bucks could have still done to win this game, even as KD was soaring, and they didn't, which is great. Like, it really does feel like every time the Nets have won, other than, obviously, game two where they destroyed them. Game one and now this game, it felt like the, the Bucks. At the same time as the Nets played well offensively, the Bucks also were like, "No, please, you guys can win. Like, win <laughs> yeah. this game." Do you because have um, do you yeah. have box scores in front of you? I do. Can you read Middleton's real quick? Because I thought Middleton was having a pretty good game when they built the lead, but then like, yeah. 
they brought up a stat, and like Middleton actually had a pretty bad shooting game. Well, I mean, he had 25 points. Let me let me get his uh, shooting percentage here. Uh, yeah, I mean, he shot eight for 22. That's not so great. Yeah. Um, okay, sorry, I interrupted you. No, 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 no. That's fine. Like he was shooting bad towards the end. Drew Holiday was like on a tear, and you know. At the end of the day, like, I don't really know if the foul trouble shit that they're trying to, like, work, like, Drew Holiday and P.J. Tucker into foul trouble in the beginning of the game. I don't really think that matters because these guys are not dumb enough to, like, get six fouls before the end of the game. I think, yeah. wait, did, Gian- did Giannis foul out, like, on the last yeah. possession? Giannis fouled out because they were intentionally fouling uh, at the end. Um, yeah. What I will say with the fouling, maybe not for individuals fouling out, but for the bonus, it matters. So... Like Hart, that was Harden's only contribution in my eyes. This whole game was he was drawing fouls. Um, yeah. So at one point, I think Durant got a rebound and got fouled or something, or got fouled like way away from the basket. I don't remember what it was, but it was like a moment where the Nets really needed points, and Durant got to shoot free throws. And I was just like, wow, that's that's pretty fortunate that they were in the bonus because the Nets have not been getting fouled a lot this whole series. It's been highlighted a lot. They're comparing like Embiid shot 47 free throws through three games and the Nets as a team shot 24, like stuff like that. So having Harden back definitely got that number higher. So as as bad as Harden looked shooting the ball and turning it over and on defense, at least he was drawing fouls. (laughs) That's true. That's true. It's it's remarkable that the Nets pulled it off, too, because Giannis, again, had an amazing game. Dude had 34 points in this game and he actually did it in four less shots. He's starting to hit his free throws, and he hit like two dag. He hits like two threes in yeah. like Blake Griffin's face. So Giannis is clearly playing much better than he was in the beginning of the series. Drew Holiday is playing better, and Middleton's playing better. Their only hope <laughs> right now is Kevin Durant, mm-hmm. and obviously if James Harden can pull his shit together, um, possibly by Game Seven, or if they have to play Game Seven. Uh, I have no confidence in Joe Harris playing better in the next game or two. It's really just up to Kevin. Can he do this again? Can Kevin Durant go for 45 again? He can. Like, he could, like, every jump shot he takes is essentially an open jump shot because of how tall he is. So if he catches a rhythm, like, he was pretty bad in, what was it, game four? Or I think it was game three. Game three, he kind of picked it up towards the end. Yeah, but yeah. It was, game was having, three was everyone was bad in game three. Yeah, they scored 83 points. Yeah, so like it's certainly possible for him to have a little bit of an off night. But if Durant's on, I, every jump shot he takes, we think is going in. His form is perfect. His balance is perfect. His It's never contested that tightly because he's so tall. So he can have this kind of performance. The assists really impressed me. Um, mm-hmm. I would love double. to see a highlight reel of all of his assists because I, I don't know who was scoring. Maybe he was the one passing to Jeff Green, hitting Jeff Green's threes. Because I don't know where he got 10 assists from. Who, who actually finished them. Uh, I think, yeah, I think at least five or six of them were Jeff Green hitting a three. Or yeah. uh, possibly, um, no, yeah, I don't even know. Like it, It's so hard to think of a net like, scoring consistently because <laughs> other than Jeff yeah. and, and Durant, like it was really sporadic. There were just random guys who would hit a shot and then they would go cold forever. Yeah. 17 rebounds too, Durant. Yeah. Like, so he's, he's not just willing rebounds. to, yeah, he's not just willing to, play the incredible offense. He's not will he's not just willing to, you know, facilitate. He's the tallest guy in the court and he's playing like the tallest guy in the court. He's grabbing rebounds. 17 yeah. rebounds. 
16 for 23 shooting tonight. I do have a, uh, a post-game reaction on TV right now that I would like to bring to your attention in case you didn't see it. Um, did we might talk about in a minute uh, the whole All-NBA team stuff. Giannis yeah. was on the All-NBA defensive team and All-NBA like first team in general and never stepped up to guard Durant during this 49-point explosion. So yeah. Draymond, Draymond Green just tweeted out, like, you know, all-team defense and not stepping up to guard, you know, Durant. Or I think it was McCollum. McCollum and Draymond both said something just now. And, like, they have a good point. We criticized, like, LeBron in past finals for not guarding Durant uh, when he was on the Warriors. And we criticized, uh, you know, Kawhi Leonard when sometimes he doesn't pick up the, the guy on the other team. So Giannis, I think, deserves the same criticism. In a, especially in a situation like this, uh, where he's a, rim, someone, he's a he's, Giannis is a rim protector. He's he's a he can't guard a guy as quick and nimble as as KD off the perimeter. Yeah, he but get burnt every time. At least with his size, though, you'd think he could at least try to recover better than Chris Middleton can, right? Chris Middleton was getting torched. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But that's I don't know why Chris Middleton was guarding him either. Like, why not throw Drew on him? Well, what, why wasn't PJ Tucker on him? Yeah, I think the Nets kept running. They so were just many getting the switches. Screens. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't see Giannis. I understand the the argument that Giannis should be guarding the best player on the Nets, but I know why he doesn't do it. He can't do it. He knows he can't do it. He doesn't do that. He doesn't guard the point guard. He doesn't guard the guy driving. He guards the rim, and he yeah. does pretty great at it. I mean, he was eating Je- Jeff Green's dunks earlier yeah. in the game. Like yeah. Jeff, you know, we love him. We like, I love Uncle Jeff, and he had a great shooting game. But he went up for some signature dunks in like the second quarter that just got fucking like swallowed. He did get by fouled him on one. Brooke of them. Lopez. He, he got, got fouled, fouled on one of them, but he wasn't getting to the rim. Like that ball <laughs> yeah. was getting smacked away. Yeah. So his perimeter, I mean, his rim defense is fantastic. And of course, like him and Brooke together, they're like trees. When when a net drives and he's not his name is not Kyrie Irving, you just know it's not going in because those guys <laughs> will eat the ball. Yeah. I don't know. I don't. I know that Giannis probably should have put one or two possessions on defensively on Durant. At least one. Try it. At least <laughs> at least one. But what at that point he must have had what five fouls because he did Maybe. foul out at the end of the game. Yeah, it's possible. Oh, well, let's talk about that as Nets fans who endured all season. How nervous were you about inbounding the basketball? Terrible. Terrible. <laughs> Yo, Joe Harris made it a business decision by calling that timeout with, like, mm-hmm. I think they were up two. Yeah. Or they were maybe it was tied 104-104 at that point. Yeah. Jesus. That's why I think so bad at that. I think Zach texted our group, like, game over as Shamit was getting ready to shoot free throws. And in my head, I'm like, if he makes both, they're up six. Middleton can come down. Hit a three. Nets could turn it over. Like we saw it happen before. But they had so a like, timeout. The still, Nets had a time. Even that, but, even with the timeout. <laughs> but what you do in that sense is you at least you pass it into the what they would have like a second left. You pass the yeah. ball into Bucks. The yeah. Bucks side of the I'm court. I'm just saying, as Nets fans, we we you're right. We, you're we can't right. celebrate too early. Thankfully, Russell Westbrook is not in this series because yeah. he would do some. He would ruin our lives like this, you know, <laughs> like he did. But no, unfortunately, they don't have that much luck. Uh, Joe, as bad as he was tonight, the best thing he ever did was not inbound that one pass. He called the timeout instead. So <laughs> yes, yes, and he actually got a rebound at the end. I think he got a really yeah. important rebound. So he got like a re- yeah, like a tip rebound, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I that. Uh, yeah. It's just as much as this game was awesome, 
and I'm still I'm going to be excited about game on Thursday, and if they lose, I'll still be excited for Saturday. There's a part of me that knows that this was a fluke. Like I, I know Durant is amazing, and he has had so many amazing moments in this league. But they, how is he gonna how is he gonna do this again to Here's get the them out though. of this series? Here's the thing though: Game three for Milwaukee winning was a fluke for them because the Nets just couldn't make a shot. So both teams now kind of have one fluke win. So all it takes is one more. <laughs> all it takes is the Bucks coming out, Drew Holiday not hitting step back threes, or uh, Giannis hitting two threes and five free throws. Like anything could happen. Maybe next game or game seven, uh, you know, Shamit hits a couple threes or Mike James plays well. Like Mike James came in for a couple minutes today, and Steve Nash was just like, "Nope, not you today." Yep. Uh, and Claxton, I think, played like for like a thirty seconds. Yeah, I don't know what he did that was so bad that like I don't got either. him out. But I mean, even Blake was out for all of that comeback at the end. He came in for a rebound, and he smartly actually he got away with a foul on the rebound. He was holding PJ Tucker's arm down, yes, uh, which is why PJ Tucker got so mad. So Blake came in just for that. But otherwise, the lineup really, even though Joe Harris played like shit, he still spaces the floor. Like the Bucks still have to worry about him. So I get why he was in, like, after thinking about it for a second. But, um, yeah, all it takes is one of those guys who had a bad night tonight has a good game, Game 7, if it goes to Game 7. Uh, flukes are, for, like, they're available. <laughs> they're going to happen. Yeah, man. I don't know. I really hope that uh, they're able to step up. Uh, defensively, too, it was very porous. They yeah. were letting Giannis walk to the net. Now, of course, this was a lot of it was because Harden is rather immobile because of his hamstring. There was some moments where if Harden was guarding anyone, they were going to go through him because he's he's not going to move laterally. Um, he can barely move like forward and backwards right now. Yeah, at, but he got like the stop at the end. He made Giannis take a fadeaway yes. jumper. He called did. off the double team. He called off Giannis. a double. He pushed Giannis into the corner, and Giannis like hit like yeah. the side of the backboard or something. Him and and he also had like a little uh, poke at the ball when Giannis initially tried to drive. Because Harden and Giannis Ooh. have history. They don't like each so, other. So and the, there's a crucial turnover at the end of the game yeah. where it goes through Giannis's legs. Who initiated yeah. that turnover? Was uh, that Jeff? No, no one. No one. Uh, Giannis no one. just dropped the ball. And okay. Chuck said it pretty well in the uh, post game. He thinks Giannis was rushing because he knew he was going to get fouled. So Giannis's like fear of free throws rushed him a tiny bit. He dropped the ball. Jeff Green's the one that got it out of there once it hit the ground, but Giannis just dropped it. I can't believe they lost that game, and I can't believe the Nets <laughs> won this game. Like I'm still kind of speechless. Like there, I spent the whole game complaining about how the Nets just. The thing that really bummed me out about most of this game was how they were one of the best offenses in the league. Throughout the season, yes, their defense was bad, but they were they were averaging 119 points a game, mm-hmm. and then just shooting so poorly over three games now. Still yeah. worried about how bad they're shooting, and like you know, they can't drive because they're too small, so they yeah. got to rely on their jump shot. Even need, with this, even with this comeback, it was all jump shots. It was like, all. Jump I shots. don't. I don't like that. I said it. I said it after game two when we were riding high, like. All the Bucks had to do is hit their jump shots and hope we don't make ours, and that's what happened for games three and four and most of this game. And as we were just talking about flukes, like sometimes making twenty threes, like that's a fluke. That's not going to happen 
every game. So the Nets need to find some inside presence, whether it's pick and roll with Bruce. But I don't think Bruce Brown's going to be effective at all the rest of the series. I think the Bucks really figured out, hey, let's just sag off of him till he loses co- all confidence. And then he yeah. won't be able to do anything. I mean, he took a floater towards the end of the game when every possession mattered. He tried to float one over Giannis. Came up short. I was just like, no, no, not not your time anymore, Bruce Brown. He can't even see the hoop from that high. I mean, yeah. like, there's no there's no way he's going to be able to even, like, correctly aim his amazing floaters yeah. if the dude in front of him is a foot and a half taller than him, it feels yeah. like. So I think Bruce Brown has unfortunately run his course in this series. I mean, on defense, he was very crucial. He did have – I think he did have a turnover. He, he got a steal. Yeah. Um, but – and, like, that's what you need. With this Nets team, they really rally around hustle plays. Have you noticed yeah. every every time a big run comes or, is like, a big run is sustainable for them? Because, you know, it did feel like a lot of times throughout this game that they would go on a little run and then the Bucks would answer it. They'd go on a run, the Bucks would answer it. And that's why yeah. it was starting to feel a little hopeless, even going into the middle of the third quarter. Every time the Nets would score six, you know, Giannis would hit a step back three or some bullshit. Like, it was completely un- unbelievable how the Bucks kept answering. And then what really made me feel more confident was they were getting some like hustle plays on defense, like steals and good defensive rebounds. That's really what swings a series for them because they mm-hmm. can get the buckets. Like Durant is going to, is going to score. The other guys are going to score, but they gotta, gotta, gotta pressure them on defense. They can't let them just walk to the hoop. Yeah. I know, I know Giannis is huge, but like they gotta make them work for it. They got to foul him more. Like, yes, they started fouling him at the end. But where was that in the first three quarters? As soon as he catches it in the paint, you should be fouling him. Right. Like, yeah. Blake Griffin will get into foul trouble at some point. Fine. Throw Claxton in there. Do the same thing. Because Giannis wasn't feeling any contact. He was just kind of getting where he wanted. As you said, he would either get a dunk. He hit a couple jump shots because like, he just wasn't feeling any presence around him. He was too comfortable. Yeah. And Giannis, we've seen now, mentally, you can get to him if you make him shoot free throws. He speeds up. He overthinks. Uh, and then it probably affects him on defense, too. Like, you got to just do something. Hit him. And I don't know why it took three and a half quarters uh, for them to do that. That seems like a pretty obvious thing to any person watching these games. Well, you worry. I mean, it was really because it, it took them three and a half quarters to start hitting their shots. And yeah. I guess for Kevin Durant to start hitting his shots, really. Because when you're fouling a guy, when you're hacking a guy, but you're already losing by 15, it doesn't really feel good. When you, when you yeah. start hacking a guy, if you're within three or four, then okay, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You can swing a game. But hacking a guy at 15, you might just end up losing by 30. Yeah. Uh, um, and there's less pressure on Giannis to hit those shots if they're winning by 15. True. Well, we're going to keep it brief because, man, like, there's just so much adrenaline after this game. And, you know, we're going to be talking more about the hopefully the Nets continued season next week. But let's just talk briefly. All NBA came out today. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm just going to run through the all uh, the three teams here. So we got for the first team, Steph Curry, Doncic, Giannis, Kawhi, and Jokic. I think for me, kind of surprised by. No one, I guess, here in the first team. I know, I know, like, there's a little bit of debate about Doncic and Lillard if they should switch spots, but I don't know. I guess yeah, Doncic, he kind of like won me over in that first round playoffs. I know this is not a playoffs uh, award, but 
getting to see him, and he did have some remarkable games in the regular season too. So I'll give him credit. I, I think he deserves it. But Lillard is in the second team with Chris Paul, Julius Randle, LeBron James, and Joel Embiid. Mike, you and I, we are LeBron haters. Why is LeBron James a second team player when he played, what, 45 games this season? Yeah, so I would actually be okay with that if that precedent was followed for James Harden. And I read a lot about yeah. that reaction online because Harden only played one less game than LeBron. And Harden's not on any team. And Harden, when he was cooking, like people were saying that he, maybe he's the best player in the league now. So if you're going to put LeBron there, Harden's got to be there too. I'm okay if Harden's off, then just take LeBron off. And like, let's just keep it consistent. But he's a name. He was having an MVP-type season before he got hurt. He's going to get the votes. I don't know exactly who votes for these, um, which media people, but it's LeBron. They're going to give it to him. It's just a shame that Hart – I mean, maybe there's more competition for guards than forwards. It could come down to that. But I think I think because LeBron uh, is LeBron, and also Harden screwed himself in the beginning of the season by going to Brooklyn. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. He could have averaged 40 points a game, and I don't know if he would have made an all-NBA team. Yeah. And uh, it's just another bummer that Embiid, being a center, had to be in the second team because he yeah. was clearly this like runner-up for MVP. And um, because they have this rigid system of two guards, two forwards, and a center for each uh, team, which is silly mm -hmm. because they're not playing together, these guys. It really should yeah. just be top 15. If or you know, just I, top five guys and then, yeah, not maybe yeah. a group of 15, but yeah. So who would you take off the first team to put Embiid on if it was uh, positionless? If it was positionless, I still think I'd, I would take off – I don't know. I really didn't care for Kawhi. I feel like yeah. Kawhi <laughs> didn't really do anything too uh, – Too spectacular. Uh, yeah, it wasn't, wasn't so bad. Um, and then in the third team, we've got – uh, Bradley Beal, Kyrie Irving, Jul Jimmy Butler, Paul George, Rudy Gobert. No complaints there. I think Kyrie deserves it. I mean, the dude averaged 50, 40, 90. Deserves yeah. to probably be higher. If it wasn't for his, like, uh, media antics, he'd probably be a second, maybe maybe a second team. Wait, but, so, yeah, sorry. On the, good. on the second team, it was Lillard and who for the guards? Second team, we got Lillard and Chris Paul. Okay, Chris Paul. Yeah, I'm okay with that. My only change, I would personally put Lillard over Doncic. I think Lillard was working with less because of all the injuries on his team for more of the season. The Mavericks started out pretty bad and then got better. The Blazers started out pretty good and then got worse. So I can see why voters might have some recency bias on that. And I think Doncic's averages were probably a little bit better. But when you, th like, when you think game winner... Like, it's Lillard. Do you think Lillard? So, yeah, I would just have him this season as first team. But I don't have a problem with Doncic getting the, that recognition. My preference would have just been Lillard. Maybe if it was positionless, I would also take off Kawhi and put on Lillard. Like, Kawhi, to me, was very solid. I think he was actually in that 50-40-90. I don't know if he actually got it or if he got really close. And then he plays defense. Um, but I don't know. He's just not, like, as... Um, like sexy of a pick as Lillard would have been. But, yeah, Lillard just does more yeah. ra like he does more exciting things. 
and like honestly, I think Kyrie plays the sexiest basketball out of all 15 of these guys, but he barely makes third. He actually had the lowest votes out of all 15 in the top yeah. 15. Well, because he and missed it, a lot of games, too. Yeah, but he didn't miss that many. He actually ended up playing over 50-something. He played oh, okay. more games than some of these other guys. Yeah. So, I don't know. But, yeah, happy to see at least one net on that. All NBA. Yeah. I, I mean, obviously Kevin Durant would have been there somewhere if he played more than half the games this season. But yeah. So how geez. much of a super team are we really if we only have one guy on to yeah, the All right? NBA team? I don't even know. It's hard to argue this is a real super team because other than those three guys, no one else really stand like stands out. As well, like the a thing is, player. If you look at like yeah, currently maybe not, but Blake Griffin, former number one overall pick. Jeff Green, former like top five overall pick, um, DeAndre Jordan in like in his prime. So I can see why people are looking at this team like, hey, they got all these former great players with current superstars. So it does just add that little extra, especially when people think we stole Blake Griffin, like he finessed his way uh, out of Detroit. Like it seems fishy. Um, who else do they got? I guess that's really it. The LaMarcus Aldridge thing, I think, really put a lot of people over the edge <laughs> when they got him. But then he obviously left pretty quickly. So, you know, it's, it comes down to people just individually hate Durant, hate Kyrie, and hate Harden. So you put three individually hated people on a team, and it's just easy to root against them. But, like, hey, they've all won me over. Harden just for yeah. even trying tonight, even though he didn't play well. Like, that was pretty gutsy. Durant like has dealt with a lot of shit the last couple of years with after joining the Warriors tonight was like a huge statement from him. Like I'm fucking Kevin Durant. Uh, yeah. You know what unbelievable. I do? It was that unbelievable. Kind of thing. We so. just watched history. Like they're going to be playing this game on fucking NBA classics. Oh, yeah. If the Nets got to win this series now, like they yeah. have to, <laughs> there's so much momentum. Now they get to play if they lose next game, which I don't know. I feel like we're all kind of counting them to lose next game. <laughs> But I want them to, of course, win. But they gotta win at home on Saturday. If they don't win on Thursday, they just gotta find a way. Joe Harris, man, start fucking slapping bricks. <laughs> like, start getting yourself pumped up because you need to step up in this series. They're gonna start sagging off of Joe because he's been shoot. He's like just been so bad. They're gonna give him the Bruce Brown treatment. <laughs> All right. Well. Just supposed to be an emergency, not really an emergency pod, like a post-game freak-out pod. So this was so great, but it is very late. It is 1 a.m. for me where I am in Brazil. So, uh, Mike, thanks for joining me, and um, thank you guys for listening. We'll be back next week uh, talking about this series, hopefully talking about it in a positive note and not having to do a uh, oh, yeah. any sort of – a season recap. So, oh, that's scary. <laughs> <laughs> we'll next, see you guys. Next recording th- might be like, ah, oh, man, what a season, huh? Yeah, no, it oh, won't no. be. It uh, won't be, Mike. Don't jinx okay. it. It will You're not right. be. We are going to be talking about the Eastern Conference Final Series next week. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys for listening. Have a great one.